Hello everybody, this is Curtis from Tremble letting you know that we are brought to you by Shudder. Shudder is the horror movie streaming service that brings you all the latest and greatest that horror has to offer. But you don't have to take my word for it. You can use TremblePod, that's T-R-E-M-B-L-E-P-O-D, when you sign up for an account. This will give you a free 30-day trial on us, so you can check it out for yourself. With that said, let's get on with this week's episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Tremble, the horror movie podcast. I'm your host, Curtis. With me, as always, is Steve. How's it going, Steve? Not too bad. It's, a, it's you know, for, for movies that we're covering uh, this weekend, it's it's actually, uh, it's, it, it was a very good one. It's a, it's a great return to form after a couple <laughs> movies that just did not do well for me. We got a lot of emails afterwards just being like, I fucking hate Wicked CD. Why'd you do this? And you know what? I take full blame for that. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, Wicked City was not good. Um, no. 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 It's, uh, you know, it, I felt grateful for these movies. I, I will say that. Yeah. Like, I think with horror movies, too, like, there's such a wide different subgenres and stuff. And it was interesting to look at, like, animated horror. But I think there's also a reason why you don't see a lot of animated horror movies. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. the efforts we have gotten have been maybe not or a little underwhelming. So, <laughs> but uh, cult horror movies, not like cult is an underappreciated, but like true blown, like cults are coming to kill you kind of cult films uh those do pretty well and uh yes we talked about the worker man last time we're talking about apostle this week which apostle fantastic movie um also a movie that like takes that skeleton of wicker man imbues it with dan stevens who i think is one of the most underrated actors of our generation definitely character guys like not even just him but michael sheen like deep 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 character actors who never want to do the same performance twice nope and uh, i mean there there is such there is such a deep um there's such a deep history to thomas richardson yes that dan stevens immediately gives this character yep uh and then also too you've got the fact that like they kind of turn this into like a raid-esque movie with like brutal action and like the cinematography honestly seems almost ripped straight out of a raid movie. And that's yeah. not a bad thing. That's a great thing. No. The but long it, shots, the long dolly yeah. movements. Uh, there's so much. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, yeah. This movie's amazing. And it's the same guy that's done everything with Gareth Evans. Because it's really funny because just this week I got Gangs of London, mm. uh, which is the new series that Gareth Evans did. And it's just a gangster film, a gangster series uh, with Finn Cole. Uh, and um, yeah, it's all the same team. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, Apostle. Uh, I totally lost track of my notes because that's what you do when you're playing the browser tab game and you tab over too much. <laughs> um. The official summary of Apostle is uh, Prodigal Son Thomas Richardson has returned home only learned that his sister is being held for ransom by a religious cult determined to get her back at any cost. Thomas travels to the idyllic island where the cult lives as Thomas infiltrates the island's community. He learns that the corruption 
of mainland society that they claim to reject has infested the cult's ranks nonetheless and uncovers a secret more evil than he could have ever imagined. And yeah. And I mean, it also fails to mention that like Dan Stevens fucks up a ton of people in this movie and rightfully oh, so. The spear through the head? Yes. So oh, great. So great. Um, and, you know, it, it, starting out, we have to talk about Gareth Evans mm. uh, and, and, and his progression as a filmmaker. Yes. Um, because, I mean, The Raid has little slow burn move, movements before it goes fucking just balls to the wall crazy. Mm-hmm. And then Baron Dahl is, from beginning to end, like this pulse-pounding action film that just doesn't quit. Mm-hmm. Um, which I paved the way for Evans to make like a slow burn because this movie doesn't really kick off to the second and third act. Yes. Um, but it's so rewarding in your patience mm-hmm. in this movie because I, I mean I watched it when it came out because it's a couple years old now, right? Yeah, yeah. it came out in 2018. I watched it, you know, that that mid October when it came out. Um, and I liked it, but I, 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 I was so used to his filmmaking with the raid that this one, the slow burn took me, took me aside for sure. Yeah. But rewatching it again and, and kind of evaluating it as, cause Evans doesn't operate like a North American or British filmmaker at all. He yeah. operates in this very international feeling way. Yeah, uh, and uh, I mean the, the, his use of music is a, is a is a big one that I noticed as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but Apostle is so fucking satisfying in every fucking way. It yeah, it's just even that ending moment is just like oh, like even the smile that he kind of gives when he, the realization when they look at each other. I'm like, oh, that's fucking perfect. Well, and what I, you know, as much as I like Wicker Man. Apostle for me is infinitely rewatchable because mm-hmm. even though like there's the same bones, I think the scene to scene is more interesting, more engaging with Apostle. I don't want to say better per se, but I think it keeps your retains your attention more than something like uh, Worker Man, where it's so predicated on that twist and you not knowing it that when you do know it, it kind of feels a little stale. Whereas with this. Even if you know how the plot's going to go, you still enjoy stuff like the kills and the action and the cinematography, mm-hmm. the acting by Dan Stevens. Uh, so for me, at least, like on a personal level, I do enjoy Apostle more than Wicker Man. But yeah. only because I think it's a movie that if you're rewatching it, you're going to get a whole lot more out of it uh, than the Wicker Man. Yeah. And there's more other real and supernatural horror that exists in Apostle. Mm-hmm. Than is revealed in Wicker Man. Wicker Man is very predicated on just spirituality and belief and um, being led by mm-hmm. enigmatic, um, you know, prophet essentially. Yeah. Um, and this one's about shading. This is about shading the what the prophet is saying and what the prophet is led by because it is a real ancient entity type thing yeah like the 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 reveal uh especially when when dan stevens basically kind of gets uh through like a a mind meld we'll say yes to see 
the origins of how this cult came to be um, is definitely a lot more supernatural. Mm -hmm. Um, Cool. Uh, First time we watched this, I I was trying to remember because I think I might I can't remember which came first because I did see it at Fantastic Fest. I do know that. But I also got a Netflix screener, like preview screener for it. I right. think I saw it first at Fantastic Fest. I want to say it'd be great to see it in the theaters. I think that's the that's what I'm missing because I I mean I saw it when it's debuted on Netflix, which is um, fine. Like nothing wrong with that. But you miss the engagement of the audience, which mm-hmm. I, I'll tell people too. like even something like Friday the 13th, if you get a chance to watch those movies with a crowd do, because it's going to mm-hmm. make a movie that like, otherwise it's just an, eh, well, for some people, eh, I love Friday the 13th, but like, eh, for some people, <laughs> and just turn it into this like blast of an experience because everyone's sharing in those reactions. Yeah. That's the one thing I remember about watching apostle at fantastic fest was there were so much reactions and, I think coming out of it, it was the one movie where you could tell it had the most audience like engagement interaction because people yeah. were just like reacting to everything. And I remember they had like a Q and a with like Dan and um, I think, I don't know if the director was there, but there were some people from the movie there for a Q and a, and it was just fantastic to hear him talk about this movie. And they brought up the inevitable comparisons to the wicker man. And they basically said like, this is his own movie. It's not quite, the Wicker Man, which I agree, I don't think it is mm-hmm. uh, a straight yeah. ripoff of the Wicker Man. You could look at a few common elements, but I don't think it's nearly enough to say this is a full blown ripoff. Um, no, no, I, I wouldn't say it at all. I, I, I think that's, and I talked about it on the last episode, where it's just like because that movie existed so early in um, that sort of kind of setting up that style of horror in 1973 that you're always going to get that comparison Mm -hmm. i mean i think the most directly relatable one uh, besides the remake obviously is midsummer yeah i think that's the closest uh also because um daytime horror is just such a just such a focused niche in itself Mm -hmm. um but i would also argue that midsummer goes far more horror than the wicker man does because at the end of the day, Wicker Man's more of like a mystery, yeah. Um, than horror, like it's horrific, sure. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I'm jealous of the uh, the audience experience with Apostle, um, especially when it comes to. And I'm tipping my hat early, but my favorite kill of the movie, which is Jeremy, um, getting his his skull drilled into oh that was my favorite too i can only imagine the audience and then that sound cue where the flower petal gets put inside of his skull like Mm -hmm. you know the 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 purification um i can only imagine what the audience reaction to that would be yeah i remember uh people were cheering and hollering because it's this idea that yeah you're watching um something that you know you've seen uh a head in a press before not like, something you probably see commonly but, but, but the point of view of his of the the the, the blood vessels breaking in his eyes like i yeah. couldn't even i couldn't even fathom that camera shot like on the second watch i i rewound that scene because it's just it's such perfection mm-hmm. it's such pov perfection that uh i'm usually doesn't get pulled off as well as that no 
All right. Um, let's see. Oh, when was the first time you watched this movie? Was it uh, on yeah, Netflix? It was the, yeah, it was the Netflix release, which was would have been uh, October, yeah, 2018. Okay. So, yeah, like mid-October that year. Okay. Because I was waiting for it because, I, I mean – uh as far as an action fan goes uh the raid or the be all those movies are and i combine them as a one because they flow very easily into each other mm -hmm. um they are the greatest action movies of the 20th century mm -hmm. um they're up there with john wick um if if you had an action extravaganza that you'd be watching those movies have to be in there and um this was such a different one. Like I didn't, wasn't yeah. sure what to expect from it. I uh, partially expected an action movie, and you do get those those sequences in this one, but it's far more cerebral than that. This is a very much a character movie at the end of the day, and it's, um, you know, it's it, it also at the same time it's like kind of like this um, interloper spy movie as well. Now I'm thinking I want to be the troll that makes a letterbox list of like top uh eco uas roles and just put snake eyes as number one. <laughs> oh god that make me so mad i love him and 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 you know even the even the the bowl sequence was okay in that movie but yeah uh, you just how do you waste him really <laughs> by shooting him from the shoulders up you know, just to really tie it all into Snake Eyes. Um, <laughs> I was just thinking it would be really funny if you just did that. Then you'd get a ton of people just been like, how dare you? Yeah, right? Uh, deservedly so, admittedly. Um, okay. Uh, we got a couple emails here. One is from Francis who says, The mystery of what was going on was far more uh, interesting than the reveal of what it actually was for me. I guess I don't know. I don't really creepy. Personally. I think the reveal's creepy that they that are like they've basically chained up this forest nymph and are feeding her blood. Yeah, like I thought that was good. I, I oh my god, the trough scene was like the the underground cave scene with Dan with Dan Stevens getting away and then she rises up out of it and comes after him. It's that scene's fucking terrifying. Yeah, like, they did a really fucking great job because it is fucking scary. It is like on the level of use of the bathtub woman from The Shining. The first time you saw it when you were really too young to watch The Shining, like it's on <laughs> that kind of level. Like it just it chills your bones. Like it's fucking disturbing. And then when he gets a glimpse of her in the forest later, like it it like renews it. You know, there's there's oh, there's some stuff with this movie that really fucking work and it's i think it's all part of that reveal which is in the poster if you don't if you think about it yeah and i don't know i mean i personally liked the uh reveal i didn't have any issues with it like no. i i thought the build-up and reveal were in perfect balance with each other never did it feel like one was more uh sort of important or better than the other i thought they were all in equal measure like the build-up and the payoff were perfect for me so i don't know i don't agree that the the mystery was more was better than the the, the actual reveal but mm -hmm. yeah to each his own yeah uh brandon says i wish the cult felt more like a threat they don't ever feel as terrifying as they could be i mean uh, they get i think they get freaky on like their the human depravity level yeah, like where, where um, fuck, if I keep forgetting his name, um, um, 
the the guy that becomes like the true uh Quinn. There we go. Where mm-hmm. Quinn um fucking murders his daughter. Yeah. Like the snapping of human nature into becoming something monstrous, I is because I I mean it was all fra- false prophecy, right? Yeah. Like that's kind of the point of the movie. Mhm. Um yeah, I don't know. I, I disagree. Yeah, and again, to each his own, but personally, yep. I like... I I think the movie... The, the, the cult uh, works well because unlike something like Wicker Man, these are more of a physical threat. Like, they aren't just people scheming in the background. These are also people mm-hmm. that will get into a fight if they need to. And yep. I think that makes them more more engaging, more interesting than, say, The Wicker Man, where, you know, most of the time you feel like Howie is in control of things and then only by the end you realize he's not. In this, it's more overt. Like, you you realize from the outset that the cult is a threat and they're a physical threat. They're not just one scheming. They are doing some scheming, but it's a lot of, like, physical fights as well. Uh, so it is different from say Wicker Man, and I I enjoy it for them. Like I I think it's nice that you have them engaging with fights uh, equally as much as they're also trying to scheme. It makes it a little more sense than they would just be playing along until the last minute to reveal that they've been scheming this whole time. So right. Um. All right. Best line in this movie. You have a favorite line? Ooh. Um, there's a bunch of Thomas lines that I really like in this movie. Mm. Um, but I mean, or I like pretty much all of Michael Sheen's lines are fucking great. Oh yeah. Uh, especially that beginning sermon. It's really fucking good. It's going to be really um, hard to choose best actor between him and Dan. But... Yeah. That's, that's really tough too. Um, I, I like Thomas's line of the promise of the divine is but an illusion. Nothing in this world is pure except for Jennifer, my sister. Yeah. Um, and and the fact that they really address that he loses his faith at the end. Yeah. Um, aside from looking at the woman, when the woman said, uh, when the woman kind of blesses his journey, the one that ends up saving him with the boat at the end, mm-hmm. saving uh, um his sister and uh, um, um, Malcolm's daughter. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because there's so much that play that, that, that plays Thomas into the devout religious department, but I, I find it interesting that his character development is the loss of his faith. Mm. And even in his last moments, I think in the his last moments, he resigns over to the belief of the earth. Yeah. Like, he just kind of, like... It's almost, like, ironic to him. I think that's what the smile is all about, too. I think so, too. Like, there's a little bit of that irony. A little yeah. bit of... A little bit of that, yeah. Yeah. Um... Yeah. Best line. I... Like, I think most of the stuff that comes from uh, Prophet Malcolm, I always enjoy, like, where he says... Where is the land which has no call for wars, hmm, arms, money, nor taxes? Well, that land is here. No tax gatherers bill shall ever threaten or church door. Mm. We, I tell thee, we are all free men. Just very, very commanding presence. 
throughout this movie. Just great. Um, okay. Uh, best performance. Again, this one might be tough. I think yeah. a lot of people might assume Dan, but um, I mean Michael Sheen's also really great in this too. Yeah, that when he's seeing the the shack burn, mm-hmm. and it does that pull in on him. It's just he's so good at just feeding the camera. Also, like, too, he always has been good, even in bad movies. He's good. Also, like that's his, him with Dan Stevens, actually. His character name is Ma- Malcolm. I don't know if it's How or Howie, but I wonder if that's like a reference to Wickerman. <laughs> Another to to Inspector Howie. Yeah, I mean it's H O W E, so I I'm gonna go with Howie. Although I guess it could be How. I think it, yeah, I think it's How. Yeah, but either way, I'm like oh, okay, that seems like a bit of a nod to mm-hmm. Wickerman, and not in like an overly like cheesy way, but yeah, oh, man. I also really love Lucy Boynton. Oh, oh yeah. I kind of want to say Dan. But only because, like, Dan, I think, gets a little more. Yeah. Than and like I said, Dan doesn't, Dan doesn't, Dan Stevens doesn't retread performances. No. Like, every, sing, every single performance he gives is so fucking unique. Yeah. I mean, and, and I believe at this time he was still doing Legion. I think he would have been, yeah. Yeah, he would have been like on a break from doing Legion. It's crazy if you go watch like Downtown Abbey, where yes, or the guest. <laughs> I mean, well, I was thinking like Downtown Abbey. He's kind of pudgy and like. <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, nothing against him for that, but like, you then go watch like the guest or this, and you're like, oh, well, what was his like Crowley was the name on Downtown Abbey, like oh, yeah. he, he really uh, he really slipped down and got badass. Um, yeah, exactly. Well, it it's, it shows the versatility of a lot of these British actors as well, right? True. Like Michael Sheen's another guy that's just—he's a fucking chameleon. He'll just be in anything and everything, and and make it fucking work. I uh, like fuck. He made the lead vampires stuff in Twilight work to his advantage. Anytime he appears, then he's the best thing in those movies. I uh, I did a set visit what feels like eons ago for the new James Bond movie. And when I was there, I, I had like my one chance They had the producers there and I'm like, I'm just going to go for it. And they're like, Oh, like hope you go and watch the movie, give it, you know, share your thoughts to your listeners, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, I might not ever get a chance to tell you this ever again, but Dan Stevens, he should be your next bond. And that was, it. yes, that'd be, so, that'd be great. That'd be if, really great. If that happens, I take full credit because I had that one opportunity. I could have been polite. I could have said anything else. And I'm like, nah, I'm taking this one chance to tell them they should cast Dan as uh, the next Bond. And as much, you know, to get on the Bond tangent for, as far as casting, as much as I love Christoph Waltz, I wanted Mark Strong to be Blofeld. Yeah, Mark Strong would have been a great Blofeld. would have been a great Blofeld. It's like an incredible Blofeld. I think that whole movie, I forget most of it. Spectre. No, Spectre. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's why I'm excited for um for the new one because it's Carrie. I can't remember that. the full name of it. I keep forgetting. And uh, No Time to Die or Yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, yeah. It's been so um, long. It's it's. Yeah, I know, right? But it's Carrie Joji Fukunawa. Yeah, he's done such a great job. Oh, so. he's, yeah, I, that, he hasn't done anything that I've hated or no. disliked at all. No. Like Maniac. That show is awesome. 
which is weird because I always get that mixed up with. Yep, with uh, spinella. Yeah, I'm the like, lustig one. Yeah, like, oh. or the or the Franz Kafun one. Yeah, where I'm like, oh, people are really like a maniac. That's weird. I'm like, oh, okay, never mind. <laughs> no, no, different, different, different. different no, maniac. and I don't think people liked maniac. Um, I think it's really art house and like I think people are really they're like oh well it's gonna be fun it's Jonah Hill and Emma Stone it'll be so much fun I think the cinephiles like to point to it and be like yeah this is cinema like they did with your favorite Justice League (laughs) oh fuck let's not talk about Zach (laughs) (laughs) Um, I just yeah I, I I got a lot of people giving me flack for giving Space Jam a new legacy a bad score. Like, I got a ton of DMs of people just being like, you don't understand movies. I'm like, I think I, I probably I understand. understand movies. Yeah. I'm that like, movie I... had no soul whatsoever. And I watched the original Space Jam the night before. Yeah. Because Warner sent it to me on 4K. So, I, you know, I, my daughter had never seen it before. So we watched that. And, you know, Michael's charming in that movie. Oh, yeah. Like he's, it's actually like a fun movie using that IP, and then this one is just let's throw everything into it. Like, are the kids gonna understand that the Clockwork Orange guys are in the background, or that Pennywise <laughs> is there, or like, what the fuck is going on? Like, they throw in a Chungus reference, and it's like it's literally just for the people who get that meme, and it's so yeah. stupid. Yeah, I uh, I watched that, and then he turns into the Chungus, and like. The people in the screening and I were at were like, <laughs> and I'm like, this isn't funny. Like, this is stupid. Like, this is catering to like the lowest common denominator. I I hate that movie. I think I give it like half a star out of five on Letterbox. I'm just like, no, <sighs> soulless. Yeah. Uh, best kill. I, I put the drill press, and I I think you're you're yeah. in agreement on that one. Yeah, Jeremy and. It's tragic. It's so like because I think it has more more weight behind it than just, especially with the scene that precedes it, um, uh, with uh, Malcolm and um, uh, Jeremy's father. Uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Frank. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it's just like that's the only thing that Frank has left at this point. Yeah, and it it, it basically sends Frank to his doom, but. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it just there's just so much behind it, and it's it's sweet little Bill Milner from Son of Rambo that gets killed, <laughs> and it's like oh you tragic tragic little character like because imagine what happens in the life of Jeremy too he just finds out that he's going to be a father to the the girl he loves and then the fa- the father of his of his lover is brutally murders her and like tears out the baby you know it's just like, yeah just so much weight and i think that's what's so fascinating about apostle and about gareth evans um uh writing is there's so much resonance to everything that happens in this movie yeah i it's um yeah it's sort of like everything kind of feels like it all has purpose and it all kind of is working towards each other which Mm -hmm. i think like again wicker man great movie too but it just doesn't quite gel together in the same way that apostle does like apostle everything feels like it's firing on all cylinders and working towards mm-hmm. something yeah which i always enjoy so um dumbest decision uh i don't know 
I can't really. I didn't really write anything down for this. I can't really think of anything that was like overtly stupid or anything like. No. He goes for no. his sister, and he wants to, you know, and he has that line about his sister, and it's like this idea that like. Yeah, he is going to go save his sister. And maybe it's not the greatest move, but, like, by no means is he not going to because it's his sister and the way he describes her is, like, yeah, he he is going in to get her. So. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, every, and, and anything that can, can be considered a stupid decision is just, like, an emotional knee-jerk reaction or a gut response. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think it's time to give this a score. What do you think of a score? This is a nine out of ten for me. Nice. Um, and I think when I originally watched it, I might have hit, wavered around an eight, but there's just something. There's something that just I I don't know. I was just I was so amped during this entire film for the second watching of it, and I just like I understood what Gareth Evans was going from, and I didn't have like this. I didn't have the the res the, the residue of the raid movies on it this time mm. um, because when I originally watched this this was like I'd only seen those movies from him yeah so uh, I, I think I was able to get past that and and appreciate Apostle just for what it was just as a standalone film and and not as part of the greater piece of, of Evan's work and fuck did I like I, I loved it this time around I really did yeah uh, I'd give it an 8 out of 10. I think it is really good. I think the things that hold it back for me are just more so stuff to do with the fact that, like, I, I kind of feel like I could use a little bit more of that world. And I, I think the movie could just be a tad longer. It's not, like, overtly long. I'm trying to remember what the runtime was for it, but... Two hours, ten minutes. Yeah, see, like, I could have used, like, another, like, 20 or 30 minutes in this world. Mm -hmm. I would have loved that. Uh, I I think, it, I don't know if they've ever talked about doing a sequel, but, like, or even, like, something else set in that world. But, like, I'd love that. I, I feel like it just gives you enough, but it's also still a tease and you still want more. So, I don't know. Mm -hmm. uh, but, yeah. And, but the kills are all really great. And, um, yeah. Uh, right. Uh, Steve, where can people find you on the internet? Yeah, I am on Twitter and Instagram at the Steve Dead. I think that's also my username on uh, Letterboxd as well, which I'm trying to keep updated. I'm, I'm a bit behind right now. It's hard for your film critic. Like, it if really you're just, is. If you're just a casual movie-goer, yeah. Movie yeah, you're fine. Film critic, forget about it. <laughs> yeah, know, like... and, and and trying to keep track of embargoes and when you can post stuff and forgetting to post stuff, like it's yeah, it's all over the place. I also have to update all the tremble, uh, the tremble films that we've done and everything, because uh, I like to also include the link to the podcast as well in those. Yeah, um, yeah. So it's it's basically a catch up game. I think the I think the la the I haven't updated since before uh, before phenomena. So I have okay. phenomena on to do for tremble. So. I will be updating those, and if you follow me, it'll, you'll probably get bombarded by maybe four to four to six <laughs> reviews a day. But I apologize for that. But um, I'm also my website stevestebbing.ca, and I'm on uh, the shift with Shane Hewitt every week, Thursday, 11 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, just Google that title, and it'll bring you to wherever you can hear it. Nice. 
yeah, I'm uh, Fatal Koala on Letterboxd. You can catch such great reviews as my recent activity, which includes The Exchange, which I actually really quite enjoyed. I gave it a 9 out of 10. I also got to talk to Tim Long, who wrote the movie and write, has written for The Simpsons for like quite a long time now at this point. Uh, that's over at 3 Uh And uh, Dead and Buried, which... They take Grandpa Joe from Willy Wonka and turn him into this creepy mortician villain, and it's... That's awesome. It's, it's so good. It's so... And, like, you find out that the actor was dying from cancer at the same time mm-hmm. he was filming the movie. He and didn't see release, either. He he died. He got, to go, he got to go to the premiere, and then he died a little bit after it. Yeah. It's so messed up. I, yeah. At the same time, too, though, uh, such a great movie. I put it on sure. the list of movies I want to cover on here because I'm like, oh, the scene where she puts the syringe into the eye. Oh, anything with eyes. Yeah. I don't like. And it's Stan Winston. Yeah. That did all the creature effects. And um, it's funny because uh, Blue Underground actually sent me the 4K box set of that. I just put it on my Geek Oats, uh Oh, on really? My blog on my website this week. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, when we cover it, I have – and it's got a lenticular cover too. It's nice. fucking cool. It's so fucking cool. Like it's – I looked up the worth of the box set. It's 75 bucks on uh, on Amazon. Well, like that cover – I'm guessing it's like the poster of, mm-hmm. of like the head coming out of the ground. Such an yep. iconic, iconic uh, cover. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. I, I could gush about that movie because I – that movie is very Wicker Man-esque in that the main character is being led along for most of the movie, and then you find out at the end like that he's just been being played. It's so great. But we'll save that for a future episode, because I've now decided 100% we're going to have to cover that movie. So, uh, And then Taylor's over at Circeanic on Twitter, and you, there's a link there for her uh, blog, so you can catch up with all of her stuff that she's doing there. And, uh, yeah, until next time, we're recording a double feature back-to-back of Slumber Party Massacre 1 and 2. Incredibly, like, these movies, like, I I can try to summarize them for you, but I don't think I can because there's just so much (laughs) underneath the surface. (laughs) Especially when you think that, like, the first movie was meant to be a parody, but then Signals got crossed and it comes across as, like, a half-made parody but also it's becoming the same thing that it's meant to parody it's just such a weird movie i'm so excited to talk about it though (laughs) and uh yeah until next time everybody bye for now